Started today. That's us. I miss you guys. It's been a. It's been a bit. I'm, I'm sorry long, if my actually, uh, my voice is a little hoarse. I, I talked too much last episode, yeah. uh, and now I'm just incapable of speaking any further. Uh oh. Mm. No, but for real. Uh, <laughs> sorry for any background noise. My family's busy watching Hamilton, uh, and when I ask them to turn it down a little bit, they're like, "No." Uh, <laughs> well, it's Hamilton. <laughs> It is Hamilton. I can't blame them. That is a proper excuse. You need a surround sound experience with that. (laughs) Gotta get the surround sound experience. And we've got a storm outside. It's mostly settled down now. I'm going to try to edit out any uh, possible thunder, but just be warned. Sometimes you can't edit everything out. It's Disney being mad. Yeah, Yeah. it's Disney's wrath. It's Disney's wrath. It's Walt from the grave. Yeah. How dare you record a podcast relatively near where some people are watching one of our properties? <laughs> they paid bank to get rights to they Hamilton. They must have. Oh my goodness. Like seven, it was like $74 million. Imagine oh how much like, Manuel Miranda is making money right now. Like He just He's had paid. Hamilton all over for years. And then he said, oh, I'm not going to record it at all. Wait. And then he was like, ah, I'm going to sell the rights to Disney. Mm-hmm. And they'll record it. <laughs> they'll record it. Technically, I'm not recording it. They're recording it. <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. that's true. But I bet you, he's made, he's giving most of his money back to Puerto Rico, his uh, home country. Well, it's a home, whatever border state. I don't figure out what you consider it. It's a. I don't remember. Whatever the, the right term, the term is. is. It's, it's, it's cool. ethnicity, I think. It's a cool it, thing. It needs no. to become he, a state, he's giving, though. like, yeah. Yeah. Because they deserve it. So they deserve we should add nine rights. more states after that, too. Yeah, Puerto Rico, Washington, D.C., <laughs> stuff like that. I mean, Puerto Rico's a little bit bigger than D.C. Just mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, it's much bigger. Uh, I don't know if D.C. needs to become a state, but they should, uh, I know, like, be able to vote and stuff. They basic stuff vote. like that. Like, what? What made you think? Or not, uh, not um, vote. Uh, they should have like representation in Congress and whatnot. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying, you were saying that DC people in DC can't vote, and I was like, they can vote. <laughs> people in DC, DC don't can't. get a vote. DC no rights. No rights at all. Um, <laughs> let's start off with uh, quick corrections. Uh, we've been clipping a little bit, a, a little bit uh, in past episodes. Sorry about that. We're working on it. Uh, we're we're watching the. The little markers very clearly to stay in the green, stay out of the red. Uh, and last episode, I believe, I don't remember if it was last episode or two episodes ago, yeah. uh, we mentioned 
graffiti in Gary's mod, which uh, there's sprays, but I don't think there's actually like making graffiti in Gary's mod. Sorry to anyone who got excited about that, but that does give me an idea. What if in like a VR version of Gary's mod, you have like a spray can and you can actually spray graffiti onto so walls chat? in like a Gary's mod map? Someone please make this game. We need this. Oh my goodness. Dude, is VR chat is really VR Gary's mod? I don't think VR chat is really VR Gary's mod. No, it's not. It's no, kind of just because you can't make like goofy physics stuff and whatnot with it. Oh no, <laughs> but you can be as annoying. You can have as goofy crap like Gary's mod. <laughs> oh yeah, you can be a, a Ugandan knuckles in a tank and speak Russian and annoy people with like a bunch of Call of Duty like clip outs, but. I mean, that's not where I was actually thinking of going with this, because... Virtual reality, Wonder, what a wonderful I, thing. <laughs> it oh, was, you have a honestly, correction? It was really beautiful, because hearing him say, do you know the way, and immediately followed up with like a bunch of Russian <laughs> like, nonsense. It's pretty great. <laughs> um, uh. So, like I was saying, like we do have a... I did also... Um, I don't know if it was last episode, two episodes, in between two episodes. Uh... Also, um, little correction with uh, I think uh, we're talking about the DreamWorks like hand animated like two D uh, traditional films, and uh, mm -hmm. we were neglected to mention Sinbad, which was the fourth and final film, which uh, did kill off that that um, program or project, whatever like the traditional. Yeah, style I did animation. forget to talk about Sinbad. Yeah, Sinbad, which in its own right we should probably I never seen that movie, so I can't make any like like it's judgment on it. I don't know if it was good or not. I see it's not really critically taken well. But yeah, and also um Spirit that horse movie. Um mm -hmm. whatever I said the last couple episodes just just take it with a grain of salt or whatever. Cuz I don't mm -hmm. only, I can't even remember what I said, but I said something that was not very true about it and I I'm just I'm just acknowledging that now so you don't have to acknowledge it or read it later. I want to read it later in the comments and be like, you're wrong. What the heck's wrong with you? Like, got it. Well, they're going to do that anyway because they won't I mean, they're going to the beginning uh, of the next late. episode. Yeah, yeah it's, it's too late. late. They're oh, going to click the timestamps to their favorite but segments and then leave. It's good to acknowledge it. <laughs> so uh, when, when people leave those comments, uh, you just reply to that comment linking to this episode and that gives us uh, both a listen and uh, you can say that you addressed it. Robert, did you offend horse girls? Yeah, and I'm, I'm honestly not easily offended by any of this. I'm not, I'm not easily offended. So go ham. It's just that I'm just <laughs> acknowledging it because I felt I was like, all right, I, I definitely messed up there. Um, all right, we're calling everyone sorry. to go back to the previous episode's comments yes, and uh, just rail, self, self rail on sour. Yeah, just yeah, dude, on just, misinformation about horse girls. Just raw. I, I'm so curious about. <laughs> What in the world you said about spirit? That was I don't. E we didn't even talk. It wasn't even a topic. I think we like mentioned it in passing just, when talking about how uh, the movie we were gonna watch was the Road to El Dorado. And it was a DreamWorks next. movie. Historical context. That's my favorite part of the movie segment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> historical <laughs> context. Flexing uh, movie the muscles that the we mind gather muscles. from IMDb. IMDb yeah. <laughs> muscles. Well, on that note, okay. let's move uh, straight into our movie segment, The Road to El Dorado. Road to El Dorado, mm. the lost DreamWorks animated film. <laughs> <laughs> 
So this time, both Onion and I haven't seen the movie. It's not just me this time. Yes. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm dancing So we're we're, uh, getting both of us cultured. Yep, we we discussed a little bit before we actually started recording the podcast, but for as far as what I thought, I really enjoyed it. Um, I will admit that I sort of felt like it was really trying really it was trying really hard to be the edgier disney and a lot i also heard some people a, a while ago comparing uh, road to el dorado to emperor's new groove of all things and i'm thinking mm. i'm guessing oh, i know why I, I guess the dialogue is a bit more modern and it takes place in south america but eh? um i see kind of with the definitely i would want to say maybe the location if they're worried thinking about because um well okay so i know that the um, emperor's new grove is based on like cusco and yeah that's peru but like the road to el dorado is basically they were like ah you know mesoamerica and all of pre-columbian latin america what if we just created a hajbab, hajmaj, like, mixture culture? And that is what the road to El Dorado is. Like, this weird yeah. kind of mystical mix of, like, different cultures. Because, like, there's certain things like the games that they play. And then the reference, I think, to San Pedro Cactus with, like, their, there's, like, hallucination scene. And um, mm-hmm. definitely the mm. jaguar symbolism, which is, like, common in, like, Mesoamerican yeah iconography that's kind of cool they didn't do uh they didn't do uh all the native cultures perfectly but no uh, no the, i think tell. the hodgepodge idea we still is had cool. i think it's because they it's like not found you know what it's I not mean? a it's not a, it's real, not a real place, place. It's not a real place so yeah that's kind of a cool idea i think uh as far as, like, as for my thoughts on the movie um i thought it was fun uh there were fun characters. Uh, I was expecting it to be one of those plots where, oh, they make a big lie and then they get caught at the end and they're at their lowest point, blah, blah, blah. But they didn't actually do that. I was expecting that, that which too. was kind of refreshing because I, I hate those kind of plots. Those are so boring. <laughs> yeah. for, some uh, reason that, oh, yeah. for some reason, the liar reveal trope is really big in kids' films, of all things. I wouldn't That's say this weird. is a kids' film, though. Like, Chicken Run... Um, what else? Well, Chicken Run, I think, is the biggest example. Uh, Over the Hedge. Those are all DreamWorks movies. <laughs> maybe, mm, what, maybe it's what just a heck, DreamWorks, DreamWorks Like, you, you subverted it. You got it right the first time, and they're like, just revert back. <laughs> I no! think it's funny that, like, The Road to El Dorado, critics hate it, but then, like, if you look, it has a really big cult following. Mm-hmm. Because, like, for me, that movie was probably, like, my whole childhood because I would watch it on car rides on repeat because, like, that was one of the few DVDs we had. And, like, I just grew up watching The Road to El Dorado to the point when when I was watching it with Cream, he probably got laughed more at me singing the soundtrack. (laughs) Yeah. The movie itself. I think that's a problem because... I think that's a problem with me because I did not grow up with this film, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The DreamWorks movie that I grew up with, the DreamWorks movies I grew up with were Shark Tales. 
<laughs> Yo, that's a classic. Oh no. Shrek <laughs> over the hedge and the original Madagascar. Yeah, well, the original Madagascar is pretty good. OG Madagascar is great. But anyway, Road to El Dorado. I have a feeling I would have liked it a lot more if I did grow up with it because hmm. you just said how you you were singing along to the songs and stuff. I couldn't remember a single note. So <laughs> I know all of the songs to the Road to El Dorado, like Elton John. Hello, sir. I'm here oh, for yeah. you. Elton John um, is great when he did Lion King. <laughs> and with this one, I felt like. Jeffrey Katzenberg went up to Elton John and said, Hey, you did Lion King. Could you do do something for our film to stick it to the big mouse? And he went, Yeah. Sure, fine. <laughs> and then I, they did it. And I'm I mean, I'm just saying the trail we blaze is kind of a bop. I feel like I, don't know, I liked it's tough to be a god. That was the one that stuck out tough- to me a bit more. Well, it's tough, tough to be a god be wasn't a god. done by Elton John. I that was think. done by I think Tim that, Rice, right? Yeah. So those yeah. were the actual voice actors, which the tough to be a god, completely amazing. But like Elton John, his song that I like the most is probably "The Trail We Blaze," and um, yes, which is the some mm-hmm. someday out of the blue. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, Speaking of someday out of the blue. <laughs> The music video, the 90s, oh 2000s-esque oh music video. All right, here we go. If you've not <laughs> seen it, just look up Elton John, Someday Out of the Blue. They literally, like, animate Elton John into the movie, and it's just, like, small clips basically summarizing the movie with Elton John in the background. <laughs> Have you seen... The one scene they choose is this, like, very particularly... <laughs> uh, yes. Oh, An- boy, Anne's yeah. favorite scene. My... My favorite scene is that they decide. So there is a scene where Altivo, where um, Chell and um, Tulio. Tulio hook up and they start making out. And, and usually in that thing off screen, and it pans to like um, Miguel catching them. But the, in this music video, they switch Miguel's body with um, Elton John, and. <laughs> Elton John just like, yeah, man, look at them. He's he's just grinning and looking at them. And then he's and Altivo shook. The the horse comes in. He's like, what? And then he's just petting Altivo like, Alti- yes, John's this just is petting, great. petting Altivo. It's meant to be. Like, <laughs> Don't worry. Just it's, like it's, meant to be. it's all right, buddy. <laughs> I mean. Well, uh, did you guys know about that before I had said it? Because I knew about it because it was in the special features part of the DVD. I, I would not know, have known about it uh, except for you. No, I had not. Gem. So thank you, Anne, oh for revealing that, that yeah. gem to us. That, that hidden little gem. I just think it's funny that they decided to animate his likeness. Yeah. Like it looks like Elton John. It is like they a even have the Elton gap. John. And it was, it was mm-hmm. pretty well done. I gotta give them that. They did a really nice yeah. job adding him in. They did not skimp out and make him look like super cheap or pop out of the background. Like no. he he fits right in. And I love Except that. when it's live action. <laughs> Just amount of care uh, yeah. into something so really. <laughs> to something so silly. Yeah. Yeah, something so then what did you think about the animation of the film? I, I love it. I just love traditional animated, traditionally animated films. 
they're like my favorite I... thing but it's also because i have like a ch that, that's like my childhood atlantis uh what was it treasure planet which i think we watched last week yeah we uh, all watched treasure ago. planet mm -hmm. yeah treasure planet just like all those early, like late mid early mid late and early 2000s 90, through the 90s early 2000s disney movies and also dreamworks movies too like mm -hmm. the prince of egypt i just love those i love traditionally animated like films and stuff that's why i really mm -hmm. like also love anime now because traditionally animated by hand for the most part not yeah. all yeah absolutely so, beautiful movie road <laughs> el dorado the the style was really cool it really reminded me of uh prince of egypt well again because same same um, dreamworks and everything same studio <laughs> whatever same and um I was actually surprised by how much CG there was in it. Yeah. It blends extremely well, right? Um, it's good for 2000. It's it good for 2000. 2000. Yeah, like, I think it looks slightly better than what than Deep Canvas stuff. Like from mm -hmm. Tarzan or, heck, maybe Treasure Planet. Mm -hmm. I would say um, much better than Treasure Planet. That's, that's much. Yeah, I love how they do water in that movie, too. But yes, keep, yeah, keep the, going on again. Yeah. The way they were, uh... Oh, I forgot what I was going to say. My bad. I forgot what I was going to say. Oh. I was going to go somewhere I hear when with that this. happens. Yeah. The gold looks a little weird. Yeah, I think it, yeah. the part that sticks out the most is the gold, especially when they got those big piles of gold, like, uh, on the ship. Like, I re-noticed I re that uh, when I was watching the, the Elton John music video again. <laughs> when they're sending off the ship with all the piles of gold, I'm like, oh, I'm watching this again, that really sticks out. That that does not blend very well, but um, no. a lot of the other CG, like the the ships, actually blend in fairly well to the style of the backgrounds. Yeah, mm -hmm. for like the year two thousand, I think they actually did really well when it came to CG and blending. Um, for its time, I just I also want to like mention the. The meme culture around the road to El Dorado because oh the meme game know. is all time high at this film yeah <laughs> there's so many good pause frames you can get with this like um I think Two we started watching it shelf, on um uh we started watching it on the software on our TV and uh we were having some very bad buffering issues but every time <laughs> it would stop to buffer. It, there was just a, some sort of hilarious expression that you could just get entertainment out of while waiting for it to continue to load. Eventually, we just switched to a laptop. But you know. the yeah. Miguel and the loot, the the loot when he was playing it—that <laughs> is an infamous face. Other um, <laughs> meme words. Both is there. good. Both is Aww. good. The that's the one that's seen like. I remember being in 2011 when Tumblr started getting popular. For some reason, the road to El Dorado was all over Tumblr. Like, people were like, hello, both. Both is good. And then also, did you say it couldn't be worse? That was one when they were about to, like, oh, when yeah. it started raining. And then the They're other on the little one... boat, and he's like, oh, it couldn't get any. And then the rain. Yeah. And then the other one is... The stars are not in a, in a line, and it's and it's stars not good, not today, or something like that. <laughs> and it, that's everywhere. Mm -hmm. Oh man, that movie! It still has a special place in my heart. 
for all it's good and bad. I have a feel. Yeah, I have a feeling I, mean, I should have. I should have grown up with it in order for me to enjoy it a bit more. But no, I, think, I did enjoy it. No. Yeah, if you still yeah. enjoy it, that's good. Like it, it's not like yeah. It's, it's like, a fun movie. I don't think I enjoyed it as much as Treasure Planet. Uh, mm. Maybe part of it was distracting. Uh, I think on a rewatch, I would actually like it better because uh, some of the most distracting stuff was I was expecting the um, the whole basic lying Liar plot. plot. So uh, that made me less invested until they subverted it at the very end. I mean... I feel like the thing with um, the road to Eldorado, like, I feel like in a way it could be that actually growing up, the road to Eldorado sadly got worse for me compared to when yeah. I was younger because I feel like now I'm, I want to say, educated more or I'm an adult. So I look back and I'm like, ooh, some of this stuff is kind of a little problematic. Yeah, like, it's another thing. I sort of thought it was the... like there were some moments in here where I went, "Okay, that this isn't a PG movie." <laughs> well, I guess it's it's DreamWorks. I probably should have expected that because mm -hmm. the company was founded as a way to stick it to Disney. But exactly, yeah, I was going to say like the reason yeah. the movie was like that and it still was very PG was to kind of like one differentiate yourself from Disney, but also kind of stick it to Disney and be like like pretty much. Making it much more blatant in a way, being like Denise Love, and it's like that's not how love works, and like showing like honestly, yeah. I just really appreciate it, but showing how like you know how actual relationship goes. <laughs> Shouldn't be even a PG yeah. film, of course, but hey, I mean, mm. it wasn't like bad. I was actually yeah. way more threatened by the conquistadors than the sorcerer. Yeah, in the film, even though there's mm. far more attention put on the the bat on the sorcerer and his evil plot. And everything, oh. and when was they this... took him away at the final moment, that sent chills down my spine because I went, knowing everything we know about conquistadors and stuff, I do like that that they did that. So like mm -hmm. they didn't pull like a thing of like not to roast Western history, but where they like kind of look like for example at christopher columbus like now we're adults we know he's a bad guy but where they were like ah christopher columbus great but in like this movie they were like cortez awful man he's terrible i was taught in middle school that coronado was the evil conquistador and then i realized most conquistadors were pretty it's terrible like, <laughs> Whoops. yeah that like i'm glad that they showed no the conquistadors were bad like yeah. and i'm glad that they did that i think my main issue with the movie now growing up is um the fact that they have the weird um people of color trope of where like there's the native guide who mm -hmm. like the kind of white characters come in and they completely like the only reason why the characters are like surviving is because they have this guide who's helping them with it and like that's their use and also the guide is like sexualized which is like child oh very sexualized yeah, like, like there was I a said dynamic earlier there. in the podcast that she reminded me a lot like a, a Mesoamerican Jessica Rabbit, <laughs> oddly <laughs> enough. But like, but at the, the way time, they drew her, the way she moved and everything. Yeah. But I, I like, really kind of like so, that she but... had curves, though, because like that is kind of similar to like, 
like I want to say people there like they have like people have curves like so I'm glad mm. like she wasn't completely like you know what I mean like Disney standards but I feel like Straight it was horse. the fact that they made it where she like um seduced the cat yeah, no, she didn't seduce the girl. She seduced Tulio. She seduced yeah. Tulio. It's kind of like, okay, guys, this is mm. this okay. is PG, right? And then also like the very mm, much massage. white savior trope that's happening in it with Miguel on how mm-hmm. yeah, my sister one time went up to me. My sister is um has her bachelor's in creative writing, so mm-hmm. she's used to doing this. I had to write a paper on the road to El Dorado one time and like that's my sister's name. They were she was like, um so you should write about the fact that Miguel is the Jesus figure. And I went, Oh snap, you kinda right. This is because she brought up to me in every literature there's usually like some kind of Jesus figure in it where mm-hmm. it's similar and like you kind of see this with the like white savior kind of trope that's happening with Miguel where he's just like I will like save you all and no more sacrifices kind of yeah which is really interesting which I was like oh and then that's where you get more of like the white savior approach mm-hmm. yeah it is a bit yeah. tired at this point yeah, yeah. one thing I'm sorry I just wanted to take it back just a little Overall, bit it was sorry a, we were uh, bashing this movie. movie we did enjoy it yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I, I, we did enjoy it but yeah. like white saviorism and the fact that shells is over sexualized I was like oh, yeah, there's, was, there's some <laughs> problematic things uh, not a perfect movie I had some parts where I was like alright it's, it's fine uh, aside from the problematic stuff there is some stuff that just didn't click with me for the movie all right uh how about the humor i did I know laugh a lot you i did I laugh a lot. yes the humor the music I'm, I'm okay on the music it's not my type of music i i think the humor the, is funny i think yeah. the main thing is that you should be critical of things that you enjoy mm-hmm. yeah so like i love the movie the road to el dorado i love it it's very mm-hmm. close to my heart but i am critical of it and that's important yeah. like you shouldn't be clouded by like nostalgia you know what I oh, mean? I'm you yeah, no, yeah, nostalgia all the time. Like I remember, <laughs> I used to be very defending of uh, Chicken Little, that movie, <laughs> Disney, oh, and then no. I went, "Oh my God, Chicken Little's dad is terrible. He's <laughs> a terrible yeah. dad." Yep. And, oh. Yeah, but oh well. We love our terrible dads powerful. in movies. Mm-hmm. There's lots of terrible mm-hmm. dads in movies. Yeah. If oh. we ever do uh, a Chicken Little movie time um we're just going to be talking about the dad the entire time <laughs> yeah like throughout what the whole movie dad. as it soon as it begins <laughs> like if we were just like oh, actually i don't know like if we'll ever do i don't it. think we'll ever do chicken little because we've all seen it i, I don't I like believe. that movie what a I'll what take. a strange it's i don't think it's a good movie but you know i i've grown it's to dislike really. it as of late mm-hmm. I do yeah. like, for some reason i did like the pop music in the film though <laughs> like i like the one little slip song that uh, the bare naked ladies made in that film. That was. I I'm glad that the bare naked the ladies made for a guitar. Um, a band for a kids movie. <laughs> They're a Canadian band. That doesn't make it any better. Yeah, uh, I, I would have bare to naked to name for a band. What the pop music yeah. was. Yeah. But um, anyway, for our next movie, um, 
after this is a movie I've actually seen. I know. Movie <gasps> Time with Cream is going to be a movie that Cream has already seen. No, but go, this go, time, go, go. it's a classic that we need Onion to watch that he has not seen. It's The Iron Giant. I've been meaning to watch The Iron Giant forever because I've loved most of Brad Bird's films that I've seen. Uh, I love The Incredibles. I think I like Ratatouille even more. And uh, I also love uh, Mission Impossible, um, mm. Ghost Protocol. I think that's the one that he did. And I also thought Incredibles 2 was okay. But okay, yeah, I've been yeah, meaning to watch The Iron Giant for a while. I just never had the motivation to. Especially because mm-hmm. it's such a beloved animated film from Warner Brothers. Yep, well, now this podcast is the motivation too. So. Yeah. Hooray for now, that, now that people are going to listen to it, I have to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everyone I mean, else I wouldn't have seen it us. if it wasn't for uh, Anne over here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I kind of love The Iron Giant. It's still one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, I still also like relate to it in the sense of the one um, art character in it. The main character who is the junk man. Love him. Mm-hmm. An art icon, one of the inspiring things for me to become an artist, that icon right there. Oh, really? What an icon. He's, I love him. Um, It's very much like the art memes. Mm. (laughs) I was inspired to get into art by watching a VHS on cathedrals. What? (laughs) (laughs) That's very too different. I'm interested. Tell us more. During the Iron Giant? Uh, well... I mean, we've mentioned that we're going to go see it now. Okay. I, I guess don't know if... Yeah. You're usually the first, one who does the history segment, but since you haven't seen yeah, it... Yeah, but I don't know very much about the Iron Giant. <laughs> I do. Okay, yeah. so, go. So, All right, here's our, here's our, music, or our movie uh, history segment. Oh, well, I don't know the necessarily the movie history, mm-hmm. but I knew, do know that the movie takes place around the time of the Cold War, and it deals with that largely, and um, the scares, and... The artist who is in that movie, his art actually reflects of like artists of that time with assemblage and the movements, which is very fascinating. Like now that I've taken art history classes, it's very much like, oh my goodness, the Iron Giant was accurate. That's something I'm definitely gonna want to hear about uh, more next podcast. Oh yeah, that sounds That's very cool. All right, one little fun fact also. Um, the voice actor for Winnie the Pooh, this is going back to um, <laughs> Road to Oro, sorry, just didn't mention this. The voice actor for Winnie the Pooh, Jim Cummings, was the voice actor for Cortez in the, the movie. So, oh. huh. just just remember, that dude is always just like, where's honey? It's also the same dude who's extremely intimidating in the uh, Eldorado movie. <laughs> right, Jim Cummings we need plays someone to lot. do uh, replacing yeah. and swap the voices. Someone please do a swap the voices video. Jim Cummings has played a lot of characters over the years. Oh, he has. But it's just, it's such funny, like, having that drastic difference, knowing that he's also done Winnie the Pooh and, like, Cortez, two really opposite end people. (laughs) Or a fictional character. Well, one's actually a real person, so, or was a real person. So, there's two opposite ends. Mm -hmm. It's really funny. And have to do a swap of voices. I want to see Winnie the Pooh like tell like telling people he's about <laughs> telling um like donkey he's about to like sock him or just slap the crap out of him. Like, oh, 
<laughs> Winnie the Pooh talking about how his friends were as carefully chosen as the disciples of Christ. <laughs> This is my honey, which we have been giving up for you. Uh, give me Father Fry if someone please make that. Please. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. Oh boy. Alright. Iron Giant will watch that. Yes, that one. Iron Giant is up next. That's gonna be next episode. The next next movie segment. But for now, we're going to be moving on to our uh, next segment, talking about music. music. I actually had something uh, related to El Dorado, so um, I did enjoy the oh music gosh. in El Dorado. We're never going to get off this topic. It's fine. We're n- no, we'll get off the topic uh, by the end of this segment. But, Just going um, on the Elton John hole? Well, I did enjoy the music in El Dorado, it's not the kind of stuff that clicks with me. And I was wondering... Why does my brain make me not like certain types of music uh, when compared to others? Like, um, what's it? There's, uh, this is a, this is an old movie, but not an old, old movie, but um, it's been a while since I saw it. But The, the Greatest Showman, uh, a whole bunch of people compliment the music in that movie, and I hate it. I get like a visceral, like, Turn this off, or I'm gonna tear my hair out. Reaction, and yet it—it's strong melodies. It's poppy. I think what turns me off most is like the the big. Oh look, we got the big movie drums that they do in a lot of British pop. That doesn't click with me. But I'm like, brain, why won't you let me just enjoy the music? Because it's it's not like it's uh stuff that's way out of my uh comfort zone it's not like atonal orchestral music are you are we about it's to get not into like psychology 12 tone in the of a music segment it's it's pop so why can't i just enjoy it <laughs> this has also happened to me with uh folk music uh and i was trying something um i went on vacation with family recently and on mm. the ride back home one of my siblings was playing a, a Spotify playlist and they have a ton of folk music on it because that's that's one of their their styles that they love. And uh, for the first for the first hour of it, I was just dying like, uh, turn it off. I don't want to listen to folk music. But um, I was like, you know, what What if I just like is a very difficult battle, but. I, I battled my mind to be like, just accept it and try your best to have fun with the music. And when I yourself. did, <laughs> yeah, I had to condition myself. Um, but I love it. The, the music was so fun when I just stopped my, uh, my instincts. When I stopped my instincts from being like, music bad, this is music I don't like. Oh my uh, and I wonder how many other genres I could enjoy so much more uh, oh, there's if plenty. I fight that battle. There's plenty. There's so many genres yeah. you can enjoy. Like, like um, metal. We all have our preferences, yes, but mm-hmm. we can all enjoy all types of music. Yeah. yeah. I mean, as a person who loves folk music, <laughs> <laughs> this was not me who did it, but the sibling the sibling cream was talking about i'm i'm fairly certain i know which one it was 
because <laughs> I have talked to them about the same kind of music and bonded over it. But I think one of the reasons why I did get into folk music was because I thought it was so much fun. And like these people were just like, ah, oh, yes, I'm just going to play the jugs or something <laughs> just while the, like you hear the someone aggressively playing the banjo. And I'm just I, I'm a sucker for the banjo mm-hmm. or the so mandolin. So you like Mumford and Sons? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, yeah. The song Cave, where they just completely banjo. Wait. Yeah. Did you say that there's a come out of your cave walking on your hands? Mm-hmm. You see Did you, are you saying that like folk music was like. I guess folk music back in the day was looked at like metal was during like the like 80s and 90s. I don't I think don't so. Think so. Like you said, it's like, it's like a heavy. I think the Beatles was looked classic. at as metal is, back then. <laughs> I think I probably, folk actually. music is more like home music. Mm-hmm. Folk music was like what in small towns everyone would gather around in the town square and just have fun dancing so that yeah it's just it's mostly meant to be fun music yeah Yeah. you can i'm just like just have a good time to you when you said someone aggressively playing the banjo i immediately just like follow like (laughs) someone just tearing it up like an electric guitar but it's a banjo (laughs) i'd say like jimmy hendrix metal is closer to like mozart than it is to folk yeah um, although I do have a guilty pleasure for like screamo folk music where they just <laughs> oh, really? start screaming. Oh, <laughs> like there there's this one band and I'm trying to remember the name of them, but I've I've showed Cream it and he started laughing so hard because oh, yeah. because he was just like, What is this? And I'm like, Do not shame me. But the fact that their voice is screaming and going harsh and they're just aggressively playing a banjo makes my day i think it's the funniest thing i'm having so much fun listening to it. yeah <laughs> like imagine that, that it's real <laughs> imagine I that mid-2000s emo screaming music those vocals but it's someone like playing the banjo really fast and aggressively <laughs> so as the backing track and some of the lyrics <laughs> are, are edgy it's, like that it's too it's edgy like that where it's Oh like, God! <laughs> I think it's like Mr. Miss Anthropo, Drunken Loser. It's by the band da- Days and Days, which is oh, they no. are so edgy. And like listening to it feels like I am some edgy fourteen-year-old. It's so funny, and they're like, "Wow, everyone hates us. Everyone's awful. I hate everything." But it's <laughs> folk music. <laughs> That's just really great to imagine. Like, (laughs) and just like someone just playing the banjo, but it's like also like super conservative, so it's just like like really quietly. Like, I think if you want conservative metal music, you check Megadeth. (laughs) I think someone has like a violin in the background. One of the lines is like my breath of the medicine cabinet, something like that, in the aftermath (laughs) of my habits. I remember I thought the Ban Perry song of When I Die Young was the edgiest thing ever. And that is not. You, you've heard that song, right? Oh, yeah, no, yeah, not. yeah. It's just, um, there's another song that's the opening to the podcast Sawbones, which is mm. um, um, Medicine. It's called Medicine, and yeah. it's so good, and it's literally edgy folk, too. Which is a weird, 
<laughs> By the way, you're uh, welcome. Bridge Saul of Bones, music that I like. Yeah, the great medical I don't history think they need podcast. Pu- they don't need us. it. They're McElroy's. Yeah. <laughs> they, got, they already got plenty of uh, publicity, but uh, yeah. it's a good podcast. If you want to give us some publicity back in return. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, they don't have to. They don't. But for real, good, good podcast. Great opening yeah. song. Love mm-hmm. it. So uh, I do yeah. highly recommend, even as someone who's very tolerant of lots of different kinds of music, it can be a hard battle. Uh, but I, I really heavily suggest if there's ever a type of music where you're immediately like, oh, I hate this. This is not m- even music. Just like fight the battle. Try to open up your mind to yeah. it. You can have a lot of fun yeah. with types of music you never would have imagined listening to. Just cause I yeah. come out. I just come out the bathroom after like listening to like indie folk, and it's like, what were you doing? Was fighting a battle? I'm just explaining like, bullets to string. <laughs> like Bonnie Vid. <laughs> the battle. Yeah. It's like cur- like actually, I have to come out like somewhere really dry. <laughs> I can't. I can't just stay like in the bathroom. I come out of the shower. I actually do want to find a. I actually do want to find a good entryway into indie folk because. Uh, like I keep hearing Fleet Foxes and Bonnie Vare all over, um, like coffee houses and among friends, and I'm going, where do I start with these guys? Because I know Father John to. Misty's huge, and he's like Hoser. Huge. Hmm? <laughs> I was about to say, I feel like Hoser is the gateway drug. Hosier, really? <laughs> I'm kind of. I mean, I've heard he take me to church be... all over the radio. <laughs> He may yeah. be the gateway drug to folk music, maybe. Mm. Um, I also think Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros are also a gateway Edward to Sharp. it, in the sense of their song, Home. Um, very much gateway. Uh, bon Iver... I feel like Hosier, Hoser is a gateway to Bon Iver, if mm. that makes sense. Um, that's like, I, I feel like that's sad folk. I feel... Mm-hmm. There's different sections of folk music. Like, whenever I think of folk, I... Whenever... The furthest I've ever gone into getting into folk is Mumford and & Sons. And I know some people wince at the fact that I said I like Mumford & Sons, but... I, I like their stuff <laughs> when I was growing the, up. The Cave is a bop. Yeah, I love The Cave. Um, uh, Little Lion Man. I also love... Uh, heck, they're... When they de- when they decided to go electric, that's an era that I decide that I just don't really appreciate all that much. But their song Ditmoss off their song Wilder Mind, I really liked. Is that how um, Dead Mouse got his name? Uh, Ditmoss. <laughs> I yeah. I actually found that out because of my uh, religion teacher. She's a huge Mumford and Sons fangirl. <laughs> and, Sounds like uh, a freaking building company. <laughs> mm. It does. You should listen to Mumford and Sons. <laughs> yeah. Don't ever let anyone look down on you for enjoying something. I, I sweet. Yeah. I think also like for me, I'm a big fan of Cat Stevens too, which is I heard that name before. Yeah. Um. Very popular in the '70s. Ooh. Mm. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of like the hippie folk. Hippie folk. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's something that sounds way out of my league. I'll have to check yeah. it out. I mean, any folk way out of my comfort zone. Yeah, I've played some of it for you. Um, um, I'm trying to think. It's like the song. It's all like, if you want to say yes, say yes. If you want to say no, say no. And it's like, there's like anything you can be. You can do what you want. You can. 
it's that one and then um i'm trying to remember cat steven names of his songs mm -hmm. i know there's a bunch of them i think i got into cat steven's from harold and maud the movie which mm -hmm. that's a i've never heard of that that's a wild um wild what's ride. it was it called when it's a it's a black comedy i think that's the term the theater yeah. the movie term yeah. where black it's like a dark black comedy like movie it's no it's like when it's a very dark comedy and they were popular in the 70s where it's extreme dark humor and that's the mm. point of it mm, where it's and like really that... mean-spirited but it's oddly funny oh okay yeah Good. that sounds up yeah. my alley yeah like um harold and maude like literally it's about i want to say a 19 year old falling in love with a 70 year old woman <laughs> sounds edgy yeah and like he keeps um basically he keeps creating suicide fake suicide attempts to freak out his mother because she keeps trying to marry him off and get him to be with a girlfriend and he like drives a hearse and everything it's very edgy because this was the time when the vietnam like war was happening so everyone was very anti-war and he didn't want to be part of the war and stuff like that so like that's yeah. the kind of like dynamic that was happening during the time and that's where you get this like very dark comedy because of like you know everything with the vietnam war happening um and it's a really weird movie but kind of funny and like the whole soundtrack is basically cat stevens <laughs> Sounds very edgy. It's very edgy, but like, right. like the right, old lady teaches him how to live, which is wild. Can we can we pause yeah. for a second? Stop using the term mm -hmm. edgy for anything that's slightly dark. It's not always edgy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I, just, I can't deal with it anymore. <laughs> so much edgy yeah. going on. I, I wouldn't call edge. it. Edgy. I would mainly say it's dark humor. It's dark yeah. as opposed to edgy. Edgy is like um, cheesy dark. Yeah. I mean, which I love. I guess yeah. it could be. Although I would say, like, if anyone were to watch that movie, if you have like any, like, are a little, it's there would be a giant trigger warning for it. So if you were at all like having those thoughts, I would not watch the movie mm. because it could mm. definitely trigger someone. Mm. Like yep. how considerate. Yeah. Like the audience who is listening least. to this, if you do not, if you have any thoughts, do that might not be a good movie for you to watch. Mm. It might trigger you. So just a warning ahead of time. Yeah. I've got to say, all I right. think, uh, I find edgy funnier than dark humor. Sometimes like, edge could be funny. Sometimes edge yeah. is fun, actually. No, yeah, sometimes edge is really funny, but most of the times I just Why find it mostly cheesy. Why do you think I quote Shadow cheesy. the Hedgehog on the daily? <laughs> exactly. Where's that guy? Like, Bless you, uh, Chaos Emerald. Linkin Park, Crawling in My Skin, uh, Evanescence, I don't even remember what the name of the song Wake was, but those up. were big. There are reasons those up. were huge memes. Those were huge Save memes for a long time, and there's a reason for it. You guys, Edgy is funny. Do you guys remember Jar of Hearts? <laughs> I do remember Jar of Hearts. <laughs> oh, like, I think you are. I, as a child, was like, art. 
those tastes. I was like, wow, these lyrics so deep. So deep. So deep. For some You're going to catch a cold man, from the, the ice inside <laughs> my soul. It made me put on black eyeshadow and just jam, just head uh, bang to it. Just rock For out. some reason, I thought the boy in the music video for that song was, um, heck's his name, Pete Wentz from Fallout Boy. <laughs> what? <laughs> he had a cameo. Yeah. Oh, boy. Wait, that oh, was boy. him? Yep. That was Pete Wentz? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I actually really like Fallout Back Boy. Check, back check, back check. Uh, I'm going to uh, note that down and uh, next time on Corrections. I mean, all we need to know about is Jar Parts, kind of an edgy bop, but like edgy in the real term of edgy, so you guys can't get mad at us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of edgy. It's, it's kind of a little bit. Does anybody else have any uh, music things they've been listening to over the week they want to talk about? Um, on the metal playlist that I have... Um, I've actually been listening to, I've actually been listening to a lot of, uh, um, math rock. Math rock. Math oh rock heck yeah. Math like rock. Rock you math make rock high on math. Yeah. Um. <laughs> no. I've been listening when you're to high on math. I've been listening to <laughs> all those two different types. high on math, they misspell it. Like I've been listening rock. to two types of math rock, and when I say math rock, um, usually that means. Weird one time signatures or really virtuistic or really virtuistic uh guitar playing. Mm. And mm-hmm. on the virtuoso side of the spectrum, I've been listening to a band called Polyphia. And oh. they're an instrumental math rock band. And their guitarist, Tim Henson, uh that's two guitarists and a drummer, and they have like a really chill vibe when it comes to this to math rock and it's really cool and as a guitar player i'm just floored by the stuff they do on those on their songs i should check it out math rock. yeah it's really chill um it's not really aggressive it's actually and again it's more along the lines of like almost kind of lo-fi-ish except they're playing instruments instead of using samples and like even though there are samples out of a, a rhythm kind of thing because yeah. it's very interesting I'm, I'm definitely used to that um, dude it's like listening to Thundercat Japanese math rock aesthetic I, I yeah. love that sort of stuff they even have a they feature from a, uh, another one of the better math rock guitarists out here uh, Yvette Young she al- she's also in a band called Covet that I haven't listened to yet but I do want to check it out she's on a song on their album uh, New Levels New Devils and it's mm-hmm. She's really good on it, as well as uh, Ichika Nito, who is huge on YouTube at the moment. If you're part of, if you follow like guitarists on YouTube and stuff, so yeah, check out Polyphia. They're a really good band. And on the more aggressive side on the spectrum, okay, I've been listening right. to, um, pioneers of the math metal and gent subgenre, Meshuga, um, Meshuga. Mashuga. Like it's a really fun name to say. And also <laughs> they uh for for all your um animals as leaders or Mick Gordons or stuff like that, you can pretty much thank this band for pretty much popularizing all the really down tuned guitars and 
pretty much rhythmic style of playing. And um, <clears throat> I've been listening to their album. Uh, I've been listening to their album called Nothing. And um, that Who's was when. It? So one of the reasons why Meshuggah is such an important band is that they popularized um, ex- obscenely downtuned guitars so much as so much so that they got one of the big guitar companies, Ibanez, to create um, the first mass-produced eight-string guitar. Mm. Eight strings instead of six, and where the lowest note is a very low uh, F sharp, but they tune down half a step, so it's instead it's F. Ooh, and so they play an neat. F standard tuning, and their whole thing is just really complex rhythms that sound oddly simple. So then you'd hear a rhythm like da 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 and somehow it's really catchy and it really gets you in a groove. Like it makes you want to bounce a lot of the time. Is the way like they kind of implement their lyrics into the music, I guess? Um the lyrics um the lyrics are actually like a bit more philosophical. Oh. In a way like they're very wordy. But would you say they're front seat or back seat to the song? Back seat. Backseat, backseat. Okay. like there are still the grunted vocals you would expect from a metal band, but they're more there to serve another instrument. Mm-hmm. So then they're again, they're very rhythmic. So it's like spread your eyes clearly, blur reality to make it real. But um, let just hear- focus go from your deceiving eyes to know what's been concealed, except he's yelling it. And <laughs> and it's no, what's got sale? Oh, no yelling. And there's podcast. also a lot of funny jokes related to this band because they inspired so many of these uh, math culture. metal metalcore bands. And oh. in the like, one of their one lyric on their song "Rational Gaze" is uh, "Our light induced image of truth filtered blank of its substance." Um, some people misinterpret it, that line. Then they go, I like juice. <laughs> I <laughs> it love is a juice. true filtered vitamin substance. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, listen to their song Rational Gaze. That's where you'll get it. And yeah, they're, they're, most of their lyrical themes revolve around like opening your mind or um, and stuff like that. And that Meshuggah is one of the bands that pretty much proves that Sweden is the land of the best metal and a lot of the best pop music, oddly Yay. enough. Wait, Honk, can you say it one more time? The band name? Meshuggah. M- <sighs> Meshuggah. That's my ASMR right there. Yeah, Meshuggah. But, um, <laughs> although, if you want something a bit more chill, do Polyphia. If you want to get really aggressive, check out Meshuggah and uh, their album Nothing is particularly fun. So that's what I've been listening to. That's oh, cool. nice, bro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can I make Let's a see. correction um, on the Cat okay. Stevens one? Okay. I remembered the name of the songs finally. It took this long, <laughs> but my brain has been like the cogs have been turning. I don't remember that it was Cat Stevens. If you want to sing out, sing out, and then the song "Don't Be Shy." I'm so sorry, Cat Stevens. Ooh. He has passed away, but I just misremembered everything about the names of the songs, and I couldn't come up with them. And it wasn't until now that I could yeah. remember them. 
Well, he it's didn't right. roll over. We got the end of the song. Probably, like, check those cool. out. <laughs> yeah, he was a hippie. He's probably fine with it. Yeah, he, he, he rolled over dead. in his grave to say it's all cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think, all right, last uh, thing I want to talk uh, about uh, in the music segment is going to lead us right into the game segment, Vocaloid oh. music. Vocaloid I've been listening music. to so Ooh. much of this over Three my vacation. Tomorrow. That's It was uh, a big part of my childhood. Um, and Vocaloid, I'm not, I'm not really talking about general Vocaloid. Like, There's so many uh, artificial voice VSTs programs uh, that you can get and there's so many for the actual program vocaloid but i'm talking about like the the ones that krypton made the ones that are uh idols in japan hatsune miku the the kagami how does one get I don't into think, hatsune miku? i think they're uh, yeah i don't remember how to pronounce it uh or their relationship it's ambiguous I, I, they're not siblings and they're not in a relationship. I think that's because they want to, because they're software products and they want to keep no, it open European. for whatever the artists want to do in their songs. But uh, I, I love, it's not a genre. It, Vocaloid is a program that you use to make music, but mm -hmm. uh, the kind of stuff that this anime character attached to a, a virtual <laughs> instrument program has introduced so many people to there's just so much cool uh indie or not indie but um not big label japanese stuff that was able to get a huge audience because of um vocaloid and yeah. the the audience that it got with the games so like uh i've been playing project diva future tone which i have mentioned more than a few times on this podcast uh i know last episode really like it <laughs> last episode i was like i'm gonna keep playing the last of us because i keep mentioning it and i'll finally give my full opinions but i played like one mission and i was like this is boring and <laughs> then i played project diva for the rest of the week what a game uh it gets <laughs> it can get really difficult it can be extremely unforgiving with the amount of buttons you have to press on the fly it's a and, Japanese oh yeah. rhythm uh, game. Mm -hmm. uh, well, most Japanese games are actually pretty unforgiving. I found it out. Uh, yeah. Through, like, Heck, I'm cool, actually like, thinking the Kingdom Hearts rhythm I, game I is going to really bust my fingers. <laughs> Especially because it's an it's arcade style game. Uh, Future Tone is actually a remake of Project Diva Arcade, I believe, in some fashion. Mm. It's considered a remake. But um, yeah, uh, I've been going through like all of the songs on hard mode i finally beat like three songs on extreme like it's brutal uh with the amount of times you have to switch which button you're pressing uh, that sounds like simple video game stuff but like you have a you have a fraction of a second to figure out as becomes which nature. button to press and sometimes you gotta press them so fast it, some of it can become second nature but when you up that difficulty level you're like Oh man, there's so much more to the system than I ever could have imagined. Mm. Ooh, yeah. uh, I've I've learned a because uh, Future Tone has like all of the songs that have been in the series thus far. It uh, I've found out so many new Vocaloid songs that I didn't know before, and I get to enjoy old classics. But there's one there's one song, Continuing Dream. It's like a gospel song with four different Vocaloids doing gospel harmonies and the music uh, all of the uh 
levels, I guess, all of the songs have a full music video in the background while you're playing it. Oh, yeah. I uh, love that. And all the, the different buttons will form shapes on the screen, and you have to figure out, based on how far they're spaced apart, when you're supposed to press them. Uh, but I love, I love that song. I don't remember what the Japanese name was, but the English translation in-game is Continuing Dream, and I'm like, heck yeah, give me those gospel tracks. And that was not something I ever expected from a Vocaloid track, because it's usually like jazz-influenced electronic dance music. Or, yeah. or like Japanese jazz-influenced. And I'd say it's more Jap- J-pop-influenced than anything. Most, most songs may have Vocaloid. Mm-hmm. Is it before J-pop? Uh, J-pop? It was before the current era of J-pop. Yeah. It's like... It was 2011 around, mm -hmm. kind of, I want to say, like, 2010 around that era, or, like, when it became popular in the U.S. Vocaloids, because um, back when Vocaloids became very popular, I happened to be around 10, (laughs) and I was very much into Vocaloid as a 10-year-old. Oh, um, yeah. to the state, just be friends by Luca. Just be friends. All we what gotta do is friends. just be friends. That's a jam. I love that song. And That's how my does favorite one song. get into uh, Vocaloid music? Where should I start? Um, just search it's, on the YouTube, and then you can. You can't just search on YouTube. There's gonna be a million different results. Uh, is there an album? My I recommendation would be getting into the games. The problem with listening to an album to get into Vocaloid music is because it's a program and not a genre or an artist. There's so many different things. There's going to be so many things that you're like, this is the best thing I've ever heard. And there's so many things you're going to be like, "Uh, I don't really like this Uh, because it's there's such a wide variety. There's like traditional Japanese music. There's lots of lots of J-rock, lots of. I get pop, not necessarily J-pop. There's a lot of electronic dance. There's a lot of chiptune aesthetics. Mm-hmm. There's, there's just a lot of variety. There's a lot of jazz. A lot of uh, jazz-influenced would... stuff. Like uh, Oster Project is probably the biggest Vocaloid jazz artist. I would say, mm-hmm. for me, it was really the lore that got me into it. Um, because that, it was during that time, um, one of my best friends of all time was really into it. And they would show me so much lip note animations of Vocaloid songs. <laughs> like, f- just that, watching yeah. flip note animations and hand-drawn animations of the lore of Vocaloid music really got to me. <laughs> uh, honestly, my recommendation for getting to Vocaloid is just get... Uh, if you have a PS4, just get Project Diva Future Tone. It's a really fun game. There's 220 different songs, and it's got most of the classics that uh, everybody's familiar with on there. So you'll have a ton of great songs. Even if uh, you don't always want to play the game, if you just want to experience uh, a lot of the music, each of the every single song has its own full music video. And you can switch it to a music video mode, so you can just watch it uh, and not have the rhythm game distracting you. Mm. Which I think is really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I do like that. I just thought of the clown one. <laughs> yes. The, there's one, uh, I don't even remember which song it was, but there w- was one uh, where the recommended outfit is like a clown outfit. 
and you weren't there, but uh, when I played it again on vacation, I was like, wait, there's other accessories than the costume, so I added a clown nose. <laughs> no, oh yeah, I was there when you found the nose. Uh, yeah, but I added it to the, oh, the clown uh, track. Yeah. So now, every time I play it, Miku's wearing a clown nose. I think the <laughs> image was completely not the correct, like, so this image looked all sweet and, like, innocent, like, ooh, fun. And then you entered it, and it was, like, McDonald's clown mode. <laughs> <laughs> the music video, yeah. And we were like, what? What? Why, why are they clowns? <laughs> are we clowns? And then they ran into a cat, if I remember right. Do we yeah. all float? As a clown. And I'm like, D what is this? <laughs> uh, someday, uh, I'm, I'm probably going to talk about this game more on some other episode, but someday I'll, I'll have to pull up my... Once I've completed all the songs uh, in the game, I'm going to have to pull up my thing, list right? of all my favorite songs, and I'll just read that off one podcast. Maybe That'll be the whole the podcast. <laughs> That'll be the whole podcast. Maybe I'll play the Switch <laughs> Project Diva game. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If that there is, a is the way. Version. If that is the way to get into <laughs> Vocaloid. Yeah, music. I would recommend playing the games. Although, yeah, uh, I would recommend Future Tone over. The Switch one because oh, really? Future Tone has way more songs. Oh, okay. Yeah, so like Future Tone is basically a compilation of uh, all of the previous games, whereas uh, the Switch version is like just a new game in the series. Mm. It introduced like nine new songs, I think, but you can also get those for Future Tone as extra DLC. I haven't gotten them yet, but someday I probably will. Because I'm such a huge fan of the game. Well, I'm glad. All right. That was, that was really nice. So I'm gonna, also, I'm gonna try I this do. out because I want to get into as many genres as I can. Because Yo. yeah, I gotta talk about more than just metal on the music segment. <laughs> one day. One day. One day. No, dude. I um, do have. If, uh, if, if I can, mm -hmm. Kanye Jest is something you should listen to. Or Kanye Jest. Okay. Yeah, Kanye, Kanye Jest. <laughs> Well, obviously, it's a little bit of Kanye West. It never hurts to listen to, like, uh, my Dark Twisted Fantasy graduation. Well, Dark Twisted Fantasy hurts, but my graduation and some of this older stuff. And uh, I'm not going to lie, Life of Pablo, as weird as it is, it is really good. I gave him a listen, and I was like, you know what? Hmm. But also, um, you've listened. You're, you're, I think we already talked about K-Dot. Never mind. I was going to be like, yo, K-Dot, you need to get on that, too. I love Kendrick. Yo, yeah, yo Kendrick, man. Yeah, I think we've mentioned that. Yeah, I think we already mentioned this before, but since I'm such a big Kendrick Lamar fanboy, I'm just going to gush on, like, Kendrick is a wordsmith. He's a mastermind, bro. When it comes mm -hmm. with, like, words and telling stories, just do, like, his words. And, bro. Uh, listen to, like... Well, to Ben Butterfly is my favorite, but I would suggest if you really just listen more casually, just listen to um, Good Kid, Mad City. That's that's a bop. I can't. Stop. Good Kid, Mad City is my favorite Kendrick album. Yeah, I think. Yeah, we definitely mentioned this before. Um, moving yeah. on then. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I do have a, a second game I want to talk about. Um, it's actually this may become a recurring segment, but uh, it's time to discuss some Sonic fan games. Sonic uh, fan games. Ooh. Oh my goodness. Beep, 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 I'm surprised I've gone this long without talking about Sonic fan games. Uh, I don't mm. make fan games, but I'm, I have very much been watching the Sonic fan game community for a long time. 
And yeah. uh, Wait. Freedom Planet doesn't count. This <laughs> Freedom Planet does not count. Good game, but all right. Uh, so yes, there's a there's a fan game that came out really recently called Sonic 2020, and it's wait. Uh, one, it's it's um, it's episodic. So the the first episode has come out, which is called Episode Shadow of Water. I know it sounds very edgy, but uh, mm. oh my goodness, this game is probably the highest production value Sonic fan game I have ever seen. Wait like it's is ridiculous. This a 3D? Is this a mod for? This is uh, so uh, I'm going to use some Sonic fan game jargon here, but it's in the okay. uh, Infinity Engine. If you know the the Sonic Infinity Engine, uh, not is it based Infinity on Plus. 4? Yeah. Is it based on Unreal uh, Four? Yeah, it is based on yeah, Unreal Four. Because I was I remember there was a bunch of Unreal Engine like uh, Sonic oh, it looks fan good. games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like this looks really cool. Yeah, like uh. It's absolutely gorgeous, because thanks to the Infinity Engine. Uh, I, they've modified the Infinity <clears throat> Engine, but it's not Infinity Engine Plus. That's a separate project. But basically, they use the Infinity Engine to make their own nearly full game. There's six levels, My... and they're each pretty beefy. And there are full, full animated cutscenes with voice acting, and like voice acting in the levels, like you would have in a real Sonic game. This game is it's, beautiful. It is really cool. Uh, I, I wouldn't yeah. believe this is a fan game. I thought this was just like Sega it stepped it up game. finally and they got like, I know it is, but like, I would <laughs> is never this believe like, it. Is this supposed to be like a boost formula style Sonic game or? Like, uh, it's sort adventure. of boost formula. Uh, because okay. it's Infinity Engine, the boost, you have to be wise with your boost. You can't just boost recklessly the whole time. You can only use it occasionally. Um, also, the the homing attack, you have to look at the enemy to actually hey. hit them. So I guess so that's, with the it, mouse. it works a lot better with a mouse and keyboard than a controller. I see. Uh, actually, mm. I actually kind of like that. I prefer that over the, like the Sonic Generations, the camera's control at all times. I like having control over the camera. Um, it, can mm. be, it can be a hard game. It's not, it's not an easy ride. You will, you will probably die. Sometimes from it being a little bit janky and buggy because it's a 3D full 3D Sonic fan game, game. And it, that it they made amazing. for free. Yeah, like out of I thought. I thought the furthest Sonic 3D Sonic fan games have gone was uh, Sonic Robo Blast, which was technically not 3D because it's a freaking Doom engine. But yeah, <laughs> and I, I haven't played that one in full yet. But I just know that some people say it controls really weird. I will have to try that sometime. Uh, I've yeah. seen so much good stuff about, uh, yeah, Sonic Robo Blast. Um, yeah, Sonic Robo Blast Two. I yeah. I have not seen very much good stuff about Sonic Robo Blast One, but oh. Two is very good. Okay. Sonic Robo Blast One is hilarious. I'll have to talk about that sometime as well. Yeah. But uh, <clears throat> Sonic Twenty Twenty, like the uh, two playable characters, Sonic and Shadow, which were the ones in the original engine demo. Um, yeah. From when I was I, following I, it. The thing mm-hmm. is, I do remember when this original demo came out, and I was looking at it, I was like, this game looks pretty cool. I mean, it's like, it's, I was not expecting it, this to come out of that, like, demo, because the demo looked nothing like this. Yeah. This they they built a full incredible. game off of that little demo engine, which is really cool. Yeah, uh, I love amazing, the, too. <laughs> the full Sorry. acting cutscenes. Uh, they have... Did they, they get the, the, someone The mics are a voice? little inconsistent, but I can't blame them for that. It's a fan project. Uh, yeah. But, like, 
I really like what they did with Shadow's voice. He's still got some of that edgy, whispery sort of voice, but he also has like a a Spanish accent. Like, heck yeah, represent. And is he actually edgy or did they get his character right like Shadow was like in like Sonic Adventure 2? Because that's the real Shadow that everyone remembers and knows in Sonic Heroes uh, 2. Well, it's a little bit really. short. He's very much focused on his mission, uh, trying to figure out what's going on through this game. Um, I always thought David Humphrey had the best shadow voice, the adventure shadow. Yeah, uh, I'd, he was definitely my favorite of the shadow voices, the official shadow voices. Is he the most iconic too? Would you say? Or I have a feeling he's... Jason Griffith is the more iconic one. <laughs> yeah, he's probably the Just most feel. iconic because that was yeah. the that was that was the, the shadow of the hedgehog era mid two thousands. That was the mid two thousands shadow. Shadow the Hedgehog was the first game where he (laughs) appeared as Shadow, and that's the one with all the Shadow quotes. Four kids. The the four kids Shadow voice was uh, also the voice of Sonic. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, but wasn't like four kids Sonic actually kind of people kind of like that voice in a weird way? I mean, I guess there's some people like it. Yeah. Uh, When they were in the games, uh, once they got in the games, uh, particularly around the time of Sonic Unleashed, I think they really grew on people, and that's what uh, a lot of people think of as the Sonic voice. Mm-hmm. Although, uh, even though, like, Roger Craig Smith has been voicing Roger Sonic Roger Craig longer, Smith has gotten better. <laughs> yeah, he has gotten better. I, uh, I still uh, don't think I've he just fits modern Sonic's voice. I, I yeah, think... I, part of it's I think just I've just gotten used, used to, him. to him. Yeah. But he, he fits Boom Sonic really well. Definitely. Yeah. He's like in a TV Sonic show and whatnot. Voice. I don't know. I Amy, like they should they should they, Sega just go ahead and get Steven Page already to voice <laughs> Sonic? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, Sonic 20, 2020 episode Shadow of Water. I'd suggest checking it out. It's free. It's a fan game. I got like a full on boss fights. There's a really cool. Uh, it, it can be brutal sometimes. There's a really cool uh, level where you're like being chased through uh, the roots of this mystical tree. As it's being flooded, and there's like water coming out, uh, coming after you as you're running through these huge wait, log isn't that, tunnels. Wait, is that Sonic's part? That's the end of Sonic's part, I think. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's this huge chase level. It's really cool. Um, highly, Ooh, highly suggest checking it out. It looks challenging. Yeah, to get I might actually rank on try it that. For me, Sonic yeah, has always been be really pretty. Hard. For me, Sonic has always been pretty hit or miss. Like, the only Sonic games I've enjoyed as of late were Sonic Mania and Sonic Generations. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Sonic the Mania. fan game community oh. is usually pretty good at making good Sonic games, so. Yeah, yeah I'm, in the, I'm in the same boat. I, I enjoyed yeah. Sonic Lost World to a degree. I really, uh, I want another game with the parkour system where they actually explain it and uh, flesh out level design to use it well, but well, like one Sonic day, Lost World. maybe. Hopefully, yeah. I wonder if I could contribute to this <laughs> Sonic game. <laughs> ne- no, yeah. We'll have to have Maybe another Sonic fan game uh, segment where, where we all to... come. There's enough fan games for us to all come every week with a new fan game. I want to oh, play yeah. Mario fan game. Fan. I'm more of a Mario fan than I am a Sonic fan personally. Mm. But like brutal Mario, yeah. the, the Mario fan game community is pretty much non-existent. It's well, non-existent. It used to be a decent one what, back in compared to the Sonic <laughs> fan games, at least. What what little fan community, fan game community there was, is constantly squashed by Nintendo whenever they show up yeah. online. Yeah. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Rest in peace, AM2R. At least the guy got hmm. hired. 
Yeah, that's cool. All He's right, the yo, guy yo, got go, hired to work yo, on. Uh, good for you, AMTR. Mm-hmm. Good for you, bro. At the same time, we we miss you. We miss the fan stuff, bro. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, the, uh, I don't know why Nintendo. Happy so you're like, working for Nintendo now. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's one. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. I don't want to interrupt. We took down your fan bro. game. Can you work for us, please? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with? Oh. Money? Can you work for us, please? You know Metroid, Metroid better than everyone. Yes. Oh. Yep. <laughs> uh, I live and breathe Metroid. Right. Just like so, uh, we're right. we're running up. This is this is our longest episode so far. So is it really? uh, we're gonna go ahead and yeah, we're at. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm on like an hour and seventeen minutes. Yep. Um, we're going to go ahead and yep. end off with some poetry that we have written mm-hmm. so that we don't have poetry. to keep relying on other people's poetry to end our podcast. Yeah, we're going to write our own poetry with, so that... Uh, we've gone with a theme of haikus. I've written yeah. several haikus over the course of the week. Uh, Wait, we'll I was start, supposed to write we'll a haiku? With, Why didn't... Uh, onion? <laughs> <laughs> no! Wow. I did mention that, did I? <laughs> No, yeah, you no, did. I don't think you and did. I'll, I, I and I wrote one. And I, 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 put I it, know I put this, it and I'm practically non-existent. That's that's okay. We will read. We will have everyone read our read their poetry, uh, and then. I mean, just go uh, find the Sonic fanfic. Real I will go. We'll end it off with that. Should I get mine over with? Just so, so, so then the actual poetry segment can start. Okay. All right. All right. Here he goes. Upon my hands lies a tome to infinite knowledge. However, should we question its authors if contradictions persist? However, we just eat it up because drama tastes so good. Oh, deep. I like that one. All right. That's now good. a way to That's... um. Let's let's lighten this uh, dark mood of my. Uh, it, it is a is, it is a bit of a shame that it's not a haiku, but that's a. Good poem. I could have good poem. Yeah, I approve. No, it was a really good poem. I like it, but I'm gonna lighten the mood a little bit with electricity. A source of light, eat Netflix. God, I miss power. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, why am I talking for myself? <laughs> what is We're this? We're snapping. Yeah. This is poetry. Um, so, nice. Um, so, mine is very much on theme of what we discuss. Um... <laughs> The trail that we we blaze. Stars can't do it, not today. Altivo, best boy. I mean, beautiful. <laughs> I agree with that last thing. <laughs> Altivo, best boy. <laughs> my audio capture is going crazy right now. All right, now, now time for my week's worth of haikus. Uh, oh my god! I entitled this one. I entitled this one. I meant this to be the title of another haiku, but it turned into another haiku. Whoops. I made this one up to show off our artistry poetry segment. That's a good one. (laughs) This one I call, I turned the title of the last haiku into a haiku. I meant this to be another haiku title, but became haiku. This is real meta. This one is called Literally Just What We Are Doing Right Now. Doing a podcast. Sour, cream, and an onion. We suck at improv. Yes. 
Where, bro? Oh my goodness! Mastermind. This right one here. is called <laughs> "A Cry of Help from the Editor." Audio troubles. There's lots of background noise. Stop clipping the mic. There we go. Excellent. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my earbuds this one is called... just fall out. <laughs> <laughs> this one is called obligatory haiku. This is a haiku. I write it for the podcast. It is snowing on Mount Fuji. You know, the 575 is flexible, right? (laughs) (laughs) For real, though, uh, when uh, Japanese poets use the haiku, the 575 is usually pretty flexible. uh, Yeah. We we like to keep it in line. Uh, <laughs> Onion's poem is just is, a, is still a haiku. He just bent the rules a lot. <laughs> there we go. Longer haiku. There we go. They're all haikus. Uh, this one's about uh, El Dorado. <laughs> El Dorado. All right. Fun movie. Pretty looks. Fun characters. Watch El Dorado. This haiku is called Big Wave, Mighty Waters Crash, Castles Pummeled, Fall, Crumble, Sand Pile, Splish Splash. Wow! This one is called Storm. Thunder keeps ringing, interrupting our podcast. Rain, rain, go away. (laughs) Come again another day. Very topical because uh, there's a storm like right before we were recording and during the beginning of recording, but now it's all gone away. It was just yep. ravaging the Hooray. countryside. Uh, many young innocents died to it. Um, yeah, it's a very, it was mm-hmm. very dark time. Yep. And so, and on that note, that's our, that's our, uh, that's how we'll we'll wrap up the podcast. We started yep. talking about how there is a storm outside, and we end talking about how there was a storm outside. Woo! <laughs> Woo! Thanks for listening Woo. to our podcast. Please right. tune in uh, next time for us to talk yeah. about the the Iron Giant and who knows what else. Sonic 2020. See you guys. Sonic 2020. We'll have more Sonic fan Actually, games. Actually, hopefully you guys play and you can send us some comments, likes, whatever. I mean, not likes. It's not YouTube. Um, <laughs> send us some likes this way, please. But definitely like suggest like, comment like of what you think. But anyway, we definitely faded out at this point. So.